0: I don't even know hello. what I felt. Oh god!
1: <laughs> god. <laughs>
0: wow, resounding success. Hello, okay. and welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's the cold open. Uh, hello, and welcome to episode 143 of Gaming Fix on this October 17th day. Uh, I'm hosting. I'm Allison. <laughs> I am clearly not used to this uh, because Andre is not here today, but uh, today I am joined by Pat.
0: Hello. I like uh, that. You said October yes. 17th day because in our document it says October 7 I
2: did. And, and I, it, like when I said day, that was because it completely threw me off that yeah, I my brain 7
0: My brain did the exact same thing that your brain did, even though I wasn't the one saying it out loud because I was reading it as you were saying it. And so I had the same... <laughs>
2: The same, like, I drifted okay, I'm gonna, with
0: you for a moment <laughs> there. I was like, oh, fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that happen too, where you're like, I'm reading it, and then it comes to that, and it like time slows down, and mm-hmm. it's like, how mm-hmm. am I going to say this? Uh, and I'm also joined by Alex today.
3: Hi, that shows you how much Andre has been doing this because we've been using that suffix, the erd suffix. Oh, yeah. For probably, probably over a yeah. year, maybe two. No, I know. I mm-hmm. notice
0: it whenever I open the doc, but since I never like pay attention when someone's saying it at the beginning it's, it's never really yeah,
2: it, yeah it's just one of those things that i see it is like oh haha ha, that's funny uh but then now i'm like oh i have to say it out loud for real
3: yeah, uh, so there's some inside baseball for our listeners we, <laughs> yeah. we write the date every time and it always says date <laughs> number rd
1: yeah
0: it's great though when it's um like a uh, uh Day that ends in a T, because now it's October seven turd, which is funny.
2: Mm -hmm. That is very funny. Yeah,
3: it is a turd.
2: (laughs) You know, this year is a turd. Let's be honest, (laughs)
0: steaming turd. (laughs) Yeah, just a giant stinker. The the, worst.
3: By the way, Andre is not here today. He's having a wonderful celebration, so we wish him all the best.
0: He's actually great. Um, my favorite thing right now on Twitter is when people say uh, in response to something in a ridiculous way. So-and-so has passed away. So I almost said Andre has passed away, but I don't want people to think that that actually happens. Cause that would be awful. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and that he said that, that you say that, and we're all just laughing about it. Like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> Andre's, <laughs>
1: Andre's
2: yeah, no, he, he just has other plans, but to, uh, yeah, he, yeah. he is still w- well and alive. And, uh, Another mm-hmm. thing that is good is video games.: this is
0: <laughs> the Video games are mostly <laughs> that, good. Video games is, are pretty good right now, I'll say that.
2: Yeah, no, I mean like of a turd of a year, you know uh-huh. it's nice to have, a, have some good video games in there. There's,
0: there's been some really good music and some really good video games this year, despite its, and its turdliness. Yeah there
2: has been in, I, uh, in spite of
3: itself.: Yeah
2: uh, speaking of music, uh, I was <laughs> Like little uh, detour. Uh, I was listening to um, a uh, bunch of uh, like old like mouth sounds v- albums. Like mm-hmm. I, I was mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. I'm now into that now. And mm-hmm. then I was in the car with my dad the other day, and I heard a song that was sampled on one of those, and it, like <laughs> threw me off completely. And I was uh, yeah
3: yeah. Whenever you I hear the Ghostbusters theme, it's <laughs> It's okay, never, but the
2: it, <laughs> but but Buston is like th- the best version of it, though is the thing. Oh
3: yeah, that's
0: I just randomly hear the Full House theme in my head, but it's the Full House. It's from the album. It's from Mouth Sounds. It's not like because of the show because I watched that show when I was a kid, but I didn't particularly like it. But uh, I hear the music in my head all the time because of Mouth Sounds.
2: It was just like this weird like. Wait, does Dad have this in, have mouth sounds on his playlist in the car? Oh, No, he doesn't. <laughs>
3: um, there was one time when uh, a friend was in a car driving and listening to Hans Zimmer's Time, and and at some point I just went, "Young man," and he did not understand.
0: <laughs> it's really hard to explain that. Takes a lot of. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to explain that. That's very funny. Yeah. You're
2: like, okay, oh, hey, so there's this whole thing. There's this we, whole project. It's like mashups of songs. And no, you're I like, didn't
0: explain it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's almost kind of funnier, though.
3: It's like Girl Talk yeah. But Good. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. Girl speaking, of, speaking of Girl Talk But Good, everybody should watch Jenny Nicholson. <laughs> She's been yeah, I, rip, I going, on, going on a rip this year, or this month, I should say. It's great.
2: Jenny is, is is just generally wonderful, and
3: yep.
2: it's it's fun it's fun to see where her YouTube career has gone. When I first became a fan of hers, because she was like, uh, made some pretty dang silly videos. Yes, and uh, I I still think about her video of uh, from Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, what if Peter wasn't Spider Man? <laughs> like, I think about that video like. Constantly, so recommend.
3: And I constantly refer to Big Man with my friend. So, mm. A- anyways, video games.
2: Also, uh, <laughs> trapped in an island with Josh Nicholson. Uh,
3: Josh Hutchinson.
2: Josh Hutchinson, not not yeah. Nicholson, uh, <laughs> uh, is has the best twist of all time. The end. It does. Uh, anyways.
3: Uh. The, the uh, trigger warning also has a very good twist.
2: That twist was good. Yeah, but uh, I, I just remember the first time I watched that trapped in our Island with Josh Hutcherson video it and being does. like,
1: what?
2: Broke my brain. <laughs> Anyways, uh, video games.
1: Video <laughs> the games.
2: reason that we're ostensibly here. Um, so, uh, Pat, it sounds like you've been playing some video games. I can't do the... Uh, <laughs> Segway is like
0: i Andre. i have played um a couple of video games a lot and a couple of video games not as much um and one of the ones i played a lot isn't really even on this list because i i play modern warfare a lot of nights with friends um <laughs> but uh i also this week um dug into some of the co-op stuff in genshin impact which is mm. kind of interesting um i haven't heard like a ton of people talking about the co-op side of that game. And when I first was playing it, I really liked that game a lot, but I, I was um, not clear on what the benefits of doing the co-op were going to be because you have another player on screen, but like you can't really do uh, the story together because you only Mm -hmm. advance the player who's the host's quests when you're in their world and you're very much visiting their world. You can pick up crafting materials when you're there, but I don't know. It didn't seem like totally worthwhile, but this week they did an event called the elemental crucible that requires you to play in co-op. You have to have either a full team or it match makes you with enough people to get up to four if you don't have a full team. Um, And it's, it's pretty interesting. I think that game takes on a different kind of like when you're playing that game solo, it's very much about switching. It's about party composition and switching characters to um, to handle combat scenarios effectively um, by comboing elemental attacks. That's kind of like the core of that game's combat. So when you get into a co-op scenario, it's interesting because you don't you get less characters to switch between. So if you play with two people, you each get two characters to switch between. If you play with three players, the the host gets two characters and the other two players each get one. And if you play with four players, each player gets one. Mm-hmm. So That's interesting. what that means is you have to kind of coordinate with your team. Um, and I was playing with two friends at one point and then one friend at another time. And uh, so we, we kind of had to coordinate like, oh, I'm going to use this character so that you can use this character I'm going to use the healer character or whatever, um, which was neat um, because it makes you kind of apply the lessons you've learned from playing single player to communicating with other people to, to, to achieve like solid results. And the way that that games, this particular event works is it's not that it's particularly hard, but you want to try to do it as fast as you can. So it's kind of a time-based thing. So being able to put out the most amount of damage is really important. Uh, because then you can um harvest the resources that these enemies drop, and then you run those resources back to a central deposit point. And when you've collected enough of them, then the event ends, and then there's a bunch of rewards associated with it. So I thought it was it was kind of neat. Um starting to rub up against that game's there's a the the problem with that game's uh free to playness is less mm. the getting stuff like getting characters getting weapons you get enough for free that it's not a problem if as long as you're not obsessing over collecting them all um and
2: and you don't get hooked on the like gotcha of it all but
0: right which i'm kind of minorly am but not in a way that's causing me to spend lots of money
2: right that's not um, causing you to be like financially irresponsible no no
0: um i think i've spent like 20 to 25 bucks on that game and i've certainly gotten i've gotten 25 hours at least out of it so, so you I feel know, pretty good about that yeah. ratio um, but uh, the, the, the thing that is a little bit frustrating that I don't have as huge an issue with it as some people in the community do but the game does have a stamina system for collecting um, the rewards from certain activities it doesn't mm-hmm. affect your ability to play quests the issue is that there is no way really, I mean, you sort of can, but um, to an extent, it's it's not really that easy to pause and say, nothing get any stronger. So like, like enemies, like as you level up, the enemies in the world oh, get stronger. Okay. And you have to do quests to advance the world level. So theoretically, you could just hit a point in the progression where you say, okay, I'm not going to advance the world level with this quest. I'm just going to focus on doing the, the remaining story quests with the characters that I have at the level. They are fighting the enemies at the level they are, but there's incentive to upgrade the world level in the form of like more gotcha poles and just like getting more resources. And as the world level increases, the enemies get harder. And so then you need higher level characters and weapons to fight them. And the, to get the higher level characters and weapons or to like level your characters up, you have to do specific content that is sort of like a dungeon, but it's pretty simple and it's fun content to do because they present you like interesting combat scenarios that are very curated. Um, but, and you can do this stuff co-op. So the content itself is enjoyable but you have to pay this resin currency in order to collect the rewards that come with materials that you need to feed to your weapons and people to basically like ascend them to the next tier where you can continue to level them up. And that resin stuff is limited. So it makes it kind of, um, frustrating and it refills pretty slowly. Like it's, it'll refill over the course of like 16 hours from zero that's not very fast. So that game might see you can of course pay to refill it too, but the it's not really worth it cuz you cost like um uh, I think it's like a dollar to refill it. And so you don't really oh, not refill it, sorry, to get like a third of it back. So <laughs> oh, when you're talking it's not even about not it. No, no, <laughs> so it's it's like cuz it's like 50 primogems, the currency to refill it, um, or to get 50 of the, of the, of the, the resin back that you're spending. So I'll be interested to see how that affects It's not really making me have a bad time yet, but I can sort of see the ways that that could be frustrating to deal with. Um,
2: and you see the ways that they're like kind of pressuring you to pay money in a way that you
0: hadn't seen. And, And again, you could just stop at like adventure rank 30 and stop advancing your world level theoretically um and then just cap people out at like level 40 or something and then do the story content which we'll see may it may end up being what i do but it's fun to continue to progress right like the yeah the thing that I, I the thing i really like about this game and this is true of warframe also um over something like destiny is or diablo is in this game i have my characters and i have my gear and and the gear is not like as transient. It's not stuff that I'm swapping out all the time. It's holy shit. I got this really cool sword. Um, And in this case, it's coming from a gotcha mechanic for sure. But um, still I got this really cool sword and now I'm going to focus time and energy on enc- enhancing this weapon rather than trying to find the next sword that's slightly better. So I really like the fact that this game is about like leveling up specific weapons and, And um, you have a set of artifacts too that are not tied to the gotcha. Leveling up those specific things and leveling up my characters, rather than just grinding through piles and piles of of loot. Um, But at the same time, the way that they gate the materials is a little bit frustrating. Um, And there's cool aspects of it too. Like if you want um, a certain material to level up a sword, it will be available from. Uh, on like two days of the week in a specific challenge. So it'll be like, do this domain on Tuesdays and Fridays, and you'll get these chunks of ancient metal that'll upgrade four out of this, the eight swords you have in your inventory. Um, and that stuff is cool, but uh, I can see the energy becoming a little bit frustrating. And they do the classic thing where you get a bunch of free refills. So I'm sitting on like 10 of these items that will pop and give you by 50 resin back. So it's not like you run out and you're totally screwed, but if you don't kind of, if you just use it on whatever, it kind of can screw you over. So it's one of those kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into the best strategies yet. And like theory crafting the right way to use this stuff, um, to recover resin. Uh, but, um, still having a lot of fun with it though. Playing, playing and getting my dailies done most days. Yesterday was the first day I didn't do my dailies since the game came out, I think. Uh, cause I just didn't have time until late. Um, so yeah, still recommend it. It's shitty that, uh, that game is made in China where there are bad restrictions on things you have to put in the game or censor from the game.
3: I've heard some of the Chinese parts of it are actually very good though. Uh, specifically yes, yeah. Specifically the food.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's some cultural language in there that is very interesting that doesn't come across in the translation. Mm. Um, but I think there's a, there's some interesting concepts and, and ideas in there from a story perspective. And I, I don't, this isn't meant as an excuse for the developers censorship because I don't think it's, um, you know it, it that that just is what it is just bad there's no way to like dress it up as being okay but um i do think that the story has some interesting political stuff in it that is kind of antithetical to the it champions certain uh, certain ideals that the chinese government is not fond of <laughs> um and and i think in in it continues to moving through the different regions so i I like to hope um I have no way to know, but I hope that the developers of the game are more playing by rules that they have to in order to stay safe and yeah, keep the people probably. that work there safe um, that that's my hope um and at the very least, you can say h k and Taipei in the game so <laughs> my, so you can figure bio, out
2: your little ways around. <laughs>
0: yeah it's better than in the uh, one of the other games I played this week the uh, Black ops Cold War beta where you cannot use any Ooh. variation of antifa or you can't Ooh. put marks as your clan tag marks is considered in their offensive content you can't put um you can't put a cab as your clan tag that's considered offensive you can't put FK12 my right mine right now is f12. Um, but you can't, you can't say anything like fuck 12. Um, And you can of course say like PRDB, which I would look at and go, Oh, that means proud boy. You can say Trump, you can say all that kind of stuff, but God, that's Um, a,
2: that's some grossness. Like, and it's like, I think that, you know, Genshin, it's, it's unfortunate, but like you said, there, you know, to an extent there are Chinese developers that so they have to. You don't it, have to if you're like, Nope.
0: Um You yeah, don't have kind of,
2: to do that. <laughs> you know? There's a
0: there was a Daniel Ahmad thread that was kind of buried a little bit, so it might be a little hard to find now, but but he was talking a little bit about some of the Genshin censorship stuff that in a in a pretty informed way that I thought was interesting. Um but yeah, I also played some of the the Black Ops Cold War beta this week. Um obviously that game is a million times more fucked for its politics and it's uh <laughs> censorship as well. I don't I try not to use the term censorship like that because in the case of Genshin Impact, it is absolutely censorship because it is the Chinese government handing mm-hmm. out regulations for what people can say, which is the definition of censorship. For a private developer to say, "We don't want people to talk about Antifa." That's not censorship in the same way. It is certainly a form of gross um suppressing speech, but it's yeah. also a private company doing it and you don't have to play the video game. Um, (laughs) but in that's in a way makes it more gross because it is not the government saying you can't talk about this thing. It is just them saying, no, we think this, we don't want people to talk about, we don't want people to have a, a N F a or a T F a as their clan tag, which is just like, get fucked. um, so yeah, like, I don't know. Can
3: you have Q as your clan tag?
0: Probably. Oh, um, you can have. Uh, I couldn't find a good like Q anon thing, but you can have anon as your clan tag. I did try that. Mm. That 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 resolves. So, um, but otherwise, um, Call of Duty is like a weird spot for me because it's one of the kind of games that I'm pretty hypercritical of its politics. But I also um, it's become a huge my friends and I play it in a way that is very relaxing and very social. And, um, that's kind of been worth it to me to, to kind of cut through some of the shittiness of that franchise. Um,
3: I mean, ob- objectively they're good games. Like they're well, yeah, they're well balanced. They're polished.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I would go so far as saying modern warfare is probably my favorite multiplayer experience that I've had in a video game, like period, full stop. It's, it is, it is a, it is a pretty perfect shooter from a mm-hmm. mechanical and and map design and feel and um and and maybe not balance but nothing. There's like no perfectly balanced shooters aside from like Team Fortress Two and Counter Strike that have been in development for the last twenty years, so uh, or more. So
3: three, um, baby, yeah.
0: Uh, so the Cold War beta is seems like it's kind of maintaining the course of it'll be a good game. I don't think it's going to be quite as good as modern warfare. Um, from what I have played of it, it is, doesn't have quite the same fluidity and feel that modern warfare has, but it kind of makes up for that by being a pretty nice refresh of all the maps. The maps are very cool in it. Um, there are, uh, they've carried on. The UI is almost identical in the menus to modern warfare. There's a lot of stuff that they just took they they took the gunsmith from Modern Warfare completely, which is fine cuz it's good. You can make like you can the way you can modify guns in Modern Warfare is incredible. So the fact that they're doing that for Cold War is good. Um but uh then on the ground it feels a little bit the movement feels a little clunky doesn't feel like the right term, but you can feel every footstep, which is just not really yeah. true and you sort of, you're very fluid in Modern Warfare, but in Black Ops, it's very much like step, 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 step.
3: That seems like such a downgrade from Blobs 3, which actually felt really good. And it was really fast. And you had like double jumps and wall runs. Like it was very influenced by Titanfall. Yeah, I
0: think that people don't like that. I liked it. I thought that was I liked cool. It too. Yeah. Um, I think Modern Warfare in a weird way, even though it's supposed to be the realistic one, kind of achieves that more because the sliding and jumping is very fluid in that game. It leads to problems of people will do like, there's a very, very frustrating strategy where people come around a corner and jump, which just looks ridiculous and isn't like, <laughs> it's, it's not fun. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to play. They basically want to like make the placing placement of their head unpredictable as they come around a corner. It's not really right. bunny hopping, but it's still frustrating. So I don't hate that. They've gone to a bit more clunky, feel with the movement and it I don't want to oversell that it's not like it feels terrible or something it's not like it's totally totally different but it's definitely noticeable if you've played a lot of of um, modern warfare which I have um and then some of the character designs it feels like the hitboxes are smaller uh than they are in modern warfare sometimes yeah. it feels really hard to hit people so in the Cold job
3: is in this game <laughs>
0: yeah uh and some of the iron sights, like the default assault rifle you first get, the, the sights on it take up like almost the entire screen, so it's impossible to see anything. Hmm. Um so there's there's definitely some like differences, but I don't think it's I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's enjoyable to play. My friends and I are excited. We're not like, oh no, this is such a downgrade. There's a lot of people on Reddit that are complaining about it. There's also the eternally hilarious argument to me about skill based matchmaking, which yeah. is a, so dumb it's such a stupid part of the reason that modern warfare is such an incredible experience and so um frictionless is that it has a really great skill-based matchmaking solution so pretty much every game ends up being relatively close and there are outliers of course there are oh. some games where their and stuff goes crazy but
3: for context uh skill-based matchmaking is exactly what you think it is it is matchmaking you based on your skill level. If you are a mm-hmm. good player, you will be matched with other good players. If you are a bad player, you'll be matched with other, like, not skilled players. And uh, Blob's Cold War implements that system, and old games did not. And people are livid because now it, they can't stomp.
0: Except that old <laughs> games did too. I don't they remember did. specifically yeah. which ones, but there was a designer from Infinity Ward who talked about how it was in, I want to say, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3, and one of the other Infinity Ward Call of Duties. The thing is, like, yeah. <laughs> SBMM has had a, has had an impact in the past. It's just that they tuned it differently for Modern Warfare, so it was more prevalent, I guess, or you felt it more. Um, and it's, I mean, it, what it does is it just prevents, what people want is they want to do the thing that you used to be able to do in the original Modern Warfare and in games like Quake that have like servers where they go in and just stomp people. And they go 40 and 2, and they're the best.
3: and They go to servers marked for noobs, and they they destroy them.
0: And skill-based matchmaking makes that impossible to do, which is great. But it makes those people very vocal on the internet and have a total meltdown. There's one that... I don't know. I, I don't really follow streamers that closely, but I know of courage kind of the cowardly I mean, dog. No, he's a hundred thieves, uh streamer and player.
2: I definitely thought about the cowardly dog when you said that. Yeah. So
0: I don't know him. He's always come off as a little bit of like a little full of himself to me. And he did this tweet about like how he is he, that this is SBMM is killing call of duty as a franchise Oh, it's no. not enjoyable to play anymore. Nobody likes it. Everyone hates it. And um, he's, he, just, he just is depressed because he can't enjoy it the way he used to. And it's like, it's because the dude plays for eight hours a day. It's his job. And it gets him more viewers if he, could, if he gets like 100 killstreaks and stuff. Like it, it's, it's just absurd to me that these people like, can't see it from the perspective of a person who plays it for an hour or two every night. Um who just who that's still a lot of time to put into the game. But um but but you know, I'm I'm not going to I don't want to play with pro players. Uh Totally. And yeah. it's funny cuz people do these huge long threads where they complain about like I have to use the meta weapons otherwise I just get destroyed. And my friends and I don't do that at all. We play with like all kinds of weird shit and always have a good time. So it's very funny to me that but that's still a, a, people are having a meltdown about it. So cold war oh, the reception man. will be interesting to see um, critically versus fan wise. I think it's going to get a very tepid fan response and a probably a it's good response from, uh, from critics that are into call of duty because it's definitely not as good as modern warfare.
3: Yeah, fair enough.
0: The one thing that it does have that uh, I um, really, really, there's a lot of things that I like about it that I think there's, some places that I think it even improves. But one thing that I super love is that there are, <laughs> they don't have teams for the characters anymore in you pick an operator and it's like a skin. It's not really like it doesn't, it doesn't have any abilities or anything. Hmm. Um, and in modern warfare, they divide them into two teams, the allegiance and the coalition in black ops. They just, they're just all, there's no teams. So, everyone can play as Frank Woods on the whole server and every, there can be a team full of Frank Woods on the Soviet side and a team full of Frank Woods on the CIA side.
3: (laughs) That's fantastic. And people are complaining about someone. I
0: saw a thread about someone complaining about how it ruins the immersion of the game and it ruins the feel of the cold war era to have Frank Woods be a communist. And I was like, (laughs) Ah, uh, yes, the Cold War, the the gritty, realistic Cold War era where famously massive gun battles between KGB <laughs> and Soviet operatives broke out on the streets of Miami. Like, yeah. <laughs> the game is, like, Fun very version. ridiculous. That's part of why this game in particular, I think you're going to see a lot of people, like, talking about how it has shitty politics, and I certainly don't disagree with that. I mean, Black Ops kind of has had that in the past. You do things like just go into Cuba and kill Castro in the first game. Um, so it's certainly not a uh, shiny. It's it's a pretty pretty shitty look at, at, at the sort of stuff that the United States does or fantasizes about shitty stuff. The United States could be doing what I will say, though, is that the it is also so absurd that I would not waste too many of your too much of your emotion on hating it because it's really fucking out there. From the outside looking in, they always frame it as like gritty and realistic. It's always completely off the wall and absurd. This is gonna. This game's gonna have like probably have you parachuting out of a plane to save Ronald Reagan's life, which is god. Unfortunate. I would not be
2: surprised, but
0: um. not a not a route that I'd go. But what we can hope for is in the at the at the end of the first game, it is heavily implied. Spoilers for twenty the almost whatever fifteen year old Black Ops one. It is heavily implied that your character is the person who shoots JFK.
1: What? So uh What? So Excuse me. This is
0: supposedly a direct sequel to that. So we can only hope that you get activated. <laughs> and there's a mission where you have to take out Raken. <laughs> Wonderful. God, okay. Yeah.
2: Uh anyway. I did, I had no idea that was uh that was an element of this game.
0: Oh yeah, you're like it's all like that's why I like Black Ops even though it's kind of fucked. Is that there's like number stations and shit, and it's all about you like getting programmed by Soviet operatives, and you have to go to the, it has flashbacks to World War II, wherein you meet and engage with characters from Call of Duty: World at War, Treyarch's first Call of Duty game from like right after Black Ops, um, it's or right after Modern Warfare. It's like the original Modern Warfare. It's it's wild. It goes all over the place. Uh so that part is <laughs> entertaining. It's, it's bizarre. Yes, it's very bizarre. Um Frank Woods yells fuck all the time. Mm-hmm. Like really angrily. And Modern Warfare you have you have Price who is like ooh I sh- I shouldn't I shouldn't like military people soldiers that commit war crimes, but oh man Price if he could just be my Military dad. He's a he's I like Price. And then he's you got, got Frank Woods. He's got a sick mustache and he does he's 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 funny when he, he does a lot of funny little like little verbal things here and there and uh anyway, he keeps he gets his hands dirty so the world's hands can stay clean. Um but uh Frank Woods is kind of the opposite and is just like <laughs> screams fuck all the time. <laughs> There's a clip from the recent zombies reveal for Cold War, where Frank Woods is just running backwards, unloading an assault rifle into zombies, going
1: "fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." <laughs>
0: it's very. I stupid. mean,
2: honestly, if there are zombies around me, that oh yeah. like that. That seems pretty reasonable.
0: Totally. Uh, I appreciate that. That's that. That's the most realistic thing I've seen in the game. That's how I would react too. Uh, but yeah, um, what's
3: what's the name of that game where it's just constant sweat? Rogue Warrior. Is he is he at yes. Rogue Warrior levels of of fucking?
0: I think Rogue Warrior might be more fucked than Black Ops okay. from a like from a like politics and oh I wasn't even talking politics. <laughs> no, I know, and I know, but like from a politics and and like in like ridiculous language perspective, I think Rogue Warrior might be might be worse. Um, but I'll tell you, I won't spend too much time on these other two things so other people can talk. But a game that does not have SBMM is. Uh, <laughs> is the spooktacular Dead by Daylight, which, Ooh. uh, it is the season for, uh, for spooky games season. and spooky games where you <laughs> brutally stab people and then grab them and put them on meat hooks and then manipulate their teammates into not being able to save their life, which is what I do in Dead by Daylight. Cause I like to play as the bad guy. Um, but, uh, I, I, Every few months, I go on like a dead by daylight kick and play it for a couple weeks. Um, they had a new character come out relatively recently. It's like this scary alchemist guy. Um, I don't know what he does. I bought him. Uh, I like to buy their new characters when they come out because they're like five to ten dollars every three months, or you can do what my friends are doing and go, "Oh, I want to play as all these cool characters." And there's a hundred and forty dollars in DLC if I want to get them all. Oh my god! Because <laughs> they put out a new character, they put out two to four characters per year, and, and they're all like five to ten bucks, which is totally reasonable. The game's yeah. only twenty dollars. It's not like it's it's they're not really gouging people. But when you add it all up, it starts to become a little expensive. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. That they they recently put crossplay. Actually, it's like two months ago. I didn't realize it, but put crossplay in that game with different with other consoles. So was already popular on PC, so it wasn't hard to find matches, but now it's kind of like that kind of like solidified its its future, I guess, um, I think, because it means it'll always be easy to get a match, which is cool to me because I love asymmetric multiplayer games. And this one is like one that seems safe to invest time in because these kinds of games usually die um, fairly quickly. But this one's held on, which is cool. Um I've been going a little bit deeper in the blood web,
3: which is their. What? Their okay, progressions. Allison, what do them? you think the blood web is? Like, what is, what uh, is the physical even, manifestation of the blood web? Uh,
2: I'm just imagining, like, kind of a like gelatinous blood in, in a web shape, but I know that's not what it is. Like a spider that just
3: e- makes exactly. a lot of blood.
2: Spider that ha- has, you know, some health issues, and we need to be <laughs> nice to that spider. <laughs>
0: it's just a menu with some icons on it unfortunately I oh. wish it was I wish I could say it was cooler but <laughs> every character I wish you could yeah every character kill the con it's very cool what it does the every character the killers and the um the the survivors alike have a blood web and it's like basically like pr- randomized progression that happens where you there's nodes on each level there's like nodes on it and you Spend the like kind of unified currency for progression that you get for playing games and for doing dailies and stuff. It's not a you can't pay for it. Is
3: is, is the currency NPM?
0: No, it's, it's called f-
3: Blood Shards. Okay, it's a node joke. All the programmers in the room are going wild. Ah! <clears throat> oh. uh,
0: they should make a killer know. that's a programmer that gets mad and starts killing people. Um, but uh the uh the the you get these current this currency and then you put points into these nodes and they unlock new perks and new um offerings and add-ons for your equipment and stuff and some of that stuff is consumable so when you hit level 50 you can like wrap back around to the beginning and start it over like kind of prestige if you will um But what's interesting is when you get to higher levels of the blood web for each character, they have teachable perks. The blood web just sounds so cool. I know, it is cool. When you unlock them, then they can show up in other characters' blood webs. So like, yeah, so like the unique perks that Michael Myers comes with. Once you max him out, you'll have unlocked his perks so that now other characters, other killers can get access to them. So it's pretty cool, and it gives you like an incentive to switch characters and, and level up everybody because they all have teachable perks that can then pop up in other people's inventories. Um, And the perks are really one of the things that blows my mind about that game. That is why like I would never have assumed it would be a game of the year type of game in 2016, but it's a relatively simple game. So like you have the four survivors, they're trying to turn on a set of generators in a map and then open the door to escape. That's Mm -hmm. like, That's the mechanic for them. They have a bunch of tools. Sorry, what were you going to say?
3: I was just curious. So you're saying that, okay, if you max out Michael Myers, you get these perks that some other character can learn. Does that fuck Mm -hmm. with the balance? Because you might see that, like, uh, this person is playing as Freddy or whatever, or Jason, or I don't know who else is in there at this point. But, like, and then suddenly they're pulling out a Michael Myers perk, and you're like, wait a minute. I didn't know he could do that.
0: So. It's because of um, the way that the perks work, Uh, it doesn't, it's not as, as substantial as you would think. So I'm going to, I was going to pull up the list of what his teachables are, but basically like to, 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 for an understanding of how the game works, it's like you have those four survivors that are trying to turn on generators they can carry med kits. They can carry toolboxes that speed up the generators. They can carry a fucking flashlight, which is very frustrating because it blinds you as the killer. Um, they, and then they have a set of, these, of different modifiers that they're setting on. As a killer, you have an attack, which can have different range recovery time. Your, the run speed of each killer is unique. And then the killer will have generally like a passive ability that is unique to them. And then some kind of active mechanic and their active power is like the thing I've been playing a lot of the trapper. So he puts down bear traps. So people step in them and then I get a notification of where they are and then can go and get them. And if they haven't gotten out of the bear trap by the time I get there, then I pick them up, put them on a meat hook. because um, all the, for the killer, all of your goals are to knock people down with your weapon and then carry them to one of these sacrificial effigy things and stick them on there. And their friends can come and rescue them from those things. Or if a timer ticks down, they just die. So as a killer and they, in your, you're kind of incentivized not to just sit and camp them because while you're sitting there watching them, the rest of the survivors can run around and turn on all the generators. So it's like, there's some push pull. You got to kind of like strategize as to how you want to make sure that the people that you're knocking out die as well as go around and get the other people and stop the generators. So um, with that in mind, (laughs) Uh, the, the teachable perks for Michael Myers. I'm going to read one. This is going to come off as very crazy, but like Michael Myers has a teachable perk called dying light, what? which is funny because it's also a video there, game. I was going to say, are
3: there there's yeah. zombies and the kind of, I
0: picked this one out of the three that he, each character has three to four teachable perks. I think it's three to four. Maybe it's just three. Um, so Michael Myers has a a perk called Dying Light that says you become obsessed with one survivor. So that just means it randomly gives you one survivor that you're obsessed with at the beginning of the game. Um your obsession gains a 33% action speed bonus to unhooking and healing other survivors. Each time you hook a survivor that is not the obsession and the obsession is alive, gain a token. If the obsession is alive, all other survivors gain a stackable two, two 2.5 or 3% penalty, depending on the level of the perk to repair healing and sabotage speed for each token. So it's like kind of crazy stuff like that, that what that means is then is that, um, if you, you gain token, if you leave your obsession alive and keep hooking the other people, then it, makes it progressively harder for the other characters to perform actions while the single obsession character gets a bonus. So yes, it can kind of fuck with balance, but it's not things like, you know, you do double damage. It's not stuff that's as simple as that. It's pretty complex mechanical stuff that leads to very small bumps either way that can definitely make the difference in a game like this. That is so simple, but it's interesting and and it's it's fun to to see those perks and like see the ways that the math fits together um and and I enjoy it quite a bit the um the other thing that they have that's neat is they have these the game has a bunch of lore and it's kind of a varying quality, but I like it because I like horror even if it's kind of shitty um and uh and this isn't shitty either it's just it's also not like some kind of profound thing that's hidden out there on steam. Um, but you have these like webs of another web of, uh, objectives that you can complete to unlock lore dumps. And, uh, some of them are hard. Like I have the mission I'm on right now is you, you have to kill someone when the overtime timer is going, which I like at one point last night, I had it and then a group of survivors did this extremely frustrating tactic where they body blocked me. They rescued their friend and then they body blocked me from, and then I knocked him down again and they body blocked me from being able to put him on the hook. So like, then he was able to escape my grasp and get away because it was right by the exit door. (laughs) And that was like, I was, I got really mad. Um, But, uh, but, but having those like extra objectives to unlock lore is fun too. Um, there's like four books so far of lore that you can go through, and each has four chapters, and each chapter has like 25 challenges. So it's pretty extensive. Um, they have challenges for survivors and killers. And when they unlock a new book for that like month, it's like a battle pass, too, where as you complete the challenges, you gain currency on a basically a battle pass line. Um, which is kind of a neat way to do it because you can always go back and unlock the lore entries from past like books or what, if you play the current book, then you get battle pass rewards for cosmetics and stuff. Um, cause all the characters have different weapons and masks and stuff that you can do that are just cosmetic. So yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a fun game. If you, it's very grim. Um, <laughs> obviously it's very gory and violent and stuff. Uh, you're like putting down bear traps to capture teens running in the woods and there's a silent hill level that is genuinely creepy to play as as the killer or a survivor because there's like silent hill monsters in chains and cages around it that are like rattling around and stuff trying to escape which is very spooky Um but you can play as pyramid head now uh, which is sick hmm. so uh yeah that by daylight's good it's good for this time of year I think they have a free week or no they don't have was last month. They might have a free weekend coming up because there's a new, uh, like, battle pass starting. That's another thing they're unique about is they only have battle passes like every couple of months. They don't have them running all the time, so um, you don't always feel like you have to work to play. Uh, and the last thing I did, 2020's game of the year, finally out now. I played the tutorial for RuneScape. <laughs>
3: Never been released before. Wait, so you're saying the game of the year is the tutorial for RuneScape?
0: (laughs) No, it's not. RuneScape is interesting. I don't know. It's worth playing that tutorial because it's weird. RuneScape is a weird game. Um, I might actually play a little bit more of it to be able to talk about it a little bit more because it's interesting. But it's very adventure gamey. That's something I never realized about it. In that there's lots of like, click this item and then click this item and it combines it in your inventory. A lot of the like cooking, which is central to the game, is like, well, you, do, you combine the bowl with the flour, and then you click on the flour, the bowl of flour, and click on the sink, and then you have dough, and then you click on the dough in your inventory, and then you click on the oven, and then you put the dough in the oven, and now you're making bread. It's just, it's weird. Uh, and the combat is like, you click on the rat with knife equipped, and then <laughs> you kill it.
3: Does it feel like a 20-year-old game?
0: Um, Some of its concepts are very interesting and I think pretty timeless. The thing I hate about it is when you click, it's like, that feels like a 20-year-old game. When you click to move, it's like, okay, you move your mouse to a spot on the map, you click, and then your character goes, hmm, I guess I should move there, and then starts running. (laughs) It's like a very long delay from when you click to when they start moving.
3: does Does it feel like the delay is because it's sending that to a server somewhere?
0: I just feels like the way the game is supposed to work. like it oh. just feels like the way it's designed. Oh. It feels like you're it feels like the sims in that way, kind of. but in the sims, it's fine because you're queuing up like four different actions. so if your sim is ever standing still, that's probably it's just whatever. Um, but it's just like in the Sims, how you click a spot and hit go here. And then your SIM kind of like leisurely s- strolls over mm-hmm. in RuneScape. It just is like, man, if I had direct control and could just WASD around, I would be having a much better time. It's funny. Cause the perspective is very similar to Baldur's Gate three and Baldur's Gate three doesn't have that problem at all. You just click and your character starts moving. So it's odd to me that RuneScape has that kind of delay, but maybe it is because it's built to be an MMO. So they're, Building in, they're they're building in a certain amount of like, not input lag, but because you can see that your, where your click registers, you can see that the like go here thing right away just takes a really long time for your character to start running. So it's
3: it's a game. Uh, I it, I have no experience or opinions on Runescape. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's it's one of those things where I have like slight nostalgia, but it's more slight nostalgia about the fact that it exists, if that makes For sense. Sure.
0: Same, yeah. I guess. I feel like I must have played it in a browser at some point.
2: Yeah, I know I definitely did, but I, w- I was never, like, obsessed with it. And,
0: and I never, I don't remember anything about playing it, but I think it's an interesting thing to take a look at. It's a very small download, and it's free, so it's worth kind of if you, it's just weird that it's on Steam now, and technically I didn't realize this is RuneScape 3. This is, like, they, they, they just call it RuneScape, but it, it's like version 3 point something. So it's like the third iteration of the game. And I'll say it actually kind of looks okay. It has some nice lighting and stuff in it. It's, it's interesting. Um, it looks very stylized, but it doesn't look shitty. It just looks like very stylized visuals. So I don't know. It's interesting to check out. I, I think it's worth playing the tutorial island because it's just weird. <laughs> cool.
1: And that's cool. all I got.
0: That's my <laughs> dump of games.
3: My game dump. Game dump. Game dump. Man, I don't, sus- oh. I don't suspect I'll have Let's any I'll... time travel back three years and call this podcast <laughs> the game <laughs> dump.
0: <laughs> I uh, I'm playing featuring a
2: dump in the dark.
0: I don't have that's I don't true. have thoughts on it yet, really. But I'm playing a little bit of Noita as well because that hit 1.0 oh, this right. week. Um, so I'll have that <laughs> next week for more substantial 1.0 talk. Sure,
2: Rad. uh Alex, I know that you uh had a little, had some gaming in there. I don't know how yeah. much we want to talk about it this week, but
3: not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just continuations on what I've been playing for the past month, basically, like uh did a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen. uh not a lot, just I haven't had much time this week was very busy at work um uh and then have gotten way deeper into umineko mm mm-hmm. which has been kind of buck wild <laughs> um i think i'm very interested in where that game ends up going is what all i'll say is it's it's kind of a love letter to old like murder mysteries um like or or just mystery novels like your agatha christies of the world and uh like even uh, Hardy Boys or like Nancy Drew, if you want to go into that kind of stuff, like it's puzzle solving theoretical situations, like going through a bunch of like mind games and be like, oh, but what if the killer did this, blah 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 kind of stuff, and like coming up with evidence for it. So it's got some and Rope in there. It's got some uh, uh, Ace Attorney in there. With
2: the, you sent me this uh, a screenshot of the game that was straight out of Ace Attorney, and I love yeah. it.
3: So, it's got all of those influences, but it's also got some supernatural elements in it. So, those throw a wrench in the works. It's like, yeah, a human could do this, but what if they weren't human? It's like, okay, but what are the limits of this non human? What could they possibly do? And it's like, it just throws everything into like this re- weird chaos, which makes it really interesting. So, yeah, I finished the second episode of it. There are seven episodes, and I am 30 hours in. So,. <laughs> It seems like each one is about 15 hours. So mm, I still mm-hmm. I still have about 60 hours of that game left probably. Uh which will not be done by next week, but probably maybe the week after if I'm diligent. Uh And other than that, uh I had been working on a little article. Uh I'm still working on it. I mentioned it last week very briefly. Um and it is all about crunch. It's all about the industry, the software development industry, and also game development industry in particular, and Crunch within it. And ironically enough, I got pulled away from it because we were doing a Crunch at work this week, haha. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's been interesting because in writing it, I've been talking with a bunch of other developers about Crunch, just saying like, hey, I'm writing this thing, and like these are some of the examples I'm, I've come up with. Can you think of any? And they are immediately like, oh yeah, also, this, also this, also that. Like, uh, I had an hour long talk with my direct manager about crunch and time management and resource management and all that kind of stuff. Cause he used to work not for a game developer, but for a studio or a, a developer that used Unity and used it to make medical software. And like a lot of those people came out of the game industry too. And he's like, Yeah, the game industry is. Like, that's the mentality that those people all had is crunch, 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 like constantly. Like, that's what you have to do. That's the way stuff gets done. And he he was baffled by it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so this article is still being written. Uh, I'm pulling in some quotes from other people, other developers. Uh, I hope to get it done sometime soon, but we'll see depending on how intense stuff stays. It's
2: pretty big undertaking, so. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't I haven't done a word count on it yet. Uh, it's probably around at least 1500 words right now. And it's not even close to done. So it's going to be a big article. <laughs> so look forward to that, I guess. I'll I'll try and pare it down a bit. So it's a bit more readable. But that's it for me. I have not had a gaming week. It was just too much, too much work. Oh,
2: yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> um, so, I have uh, played a couple of games this week. Uh, one that I'm not going to get into, but I hit credits on Hades, so that was exciting. Hey. Uh, and I still played a bunch of it <laughs> this week after hitting credits, so that game has its hooks in me. But the one thing that kind of has pulled me away from Hades uh, has been uh, Cook, Serve, Delicious 3, um, which hit 1.0 a uh, couple days ago. Um, Yeah, so that is, uh, I don't know if you guys have much experience with that that franchise, but I've been playing it since the first one um, and have been a fan of it since then. Uh, And I I think I talked a little bit about the... um, when, when it was in early access earlier this year, but yeah, if, uh,
3: if if I remember correctly, just going off of what you said about it earlier this mm-hmm. year, it's food truck based, right?
2: It is. It's okay. So the thing that is interesting <laughs> about Cook Serve Delicious is that it is very lightly post apocalyptic. Um, in that it is set right, in right. the near future, in like the uh, like you know twenty thirty years from now. It's set in a kind of, like, vaguely post-war stuff, but it's, like, more, it's, it's, that's more kind of window dressing, but now, yeah, you are in a food truck, um, as, as opposed to being in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. so everything is really based off of the stops you go to, so, um, each day that you play in the game, it's basically, you set up the different food items that you have, uh, for that day, um, And you'll have a specific amount of time before you get to a stop where it says, hey, there's two miles. There's the counting counts, things counting down and you can set up different foods. Uh, So there's two different really like variety of foods. There's the uh, special orders, which basically only come in in between um, stops. So there and then there's also the ones that are the um, like kind of mass prepared foods so those are the ones that are coming in pretty constantly. Uh, so it, it's it is a still a pretty pretty dang tough game. Like I would probably suggest if you're interested in playing it and you've never uh, played a Cook Serve Delicious. There's a chill mode, which I think has uh, mm. gives the customers um, max patience. I would suggest either doing that or going back and playing the first cook sort of delicious and seeing if you like that before jumping into three because this game goes from like 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 a food truck 0 to 60 real fast. Wow. Uh, yeah, Poo. I did not intend that until I said like
1: Poo. halfway through.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it is um Yeah, it it, it, it it I think that's really the appeal of it as a as a game. Whereas you have other kind of cooking games like like the Cooking Mama series where they're a lot more kind of chill. This is like, no, you're running a restaurant that is the opposite of chill uh, in kind of a fun way. Um, so uh, basically you have like eight different, or at I currently have like eight uh, spots open for people to be asking food and they're kind of constantly... Uh, people are constantly asking you for food and they're constantly ticking down in terms of patience and you have to like fulfill all of these orders really really quickly so it is a very very stressful game at a point <clears throat> but it kind of vaguely reminds me of of kind of the feeling of getting really into the zone with um, something like a tetris where once you're in the zone and you're just playing it at really high speeds it, it, it is very, very satisfying, hmm. which is which is fun.
3: It's got yeah. that flow.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so like I, I got like there have been a couple of times where I've gotten into this point where I've been playing it and I'm like, I've I've got this. It's good. Um but then also you have uh times where it where you you, you if you mess up you're like, oh God, it's all completely falling apart too. So it's yeah.
0: It's funny that game feels like <laughs> it's nothing at all like this when when you look at what's happening on the screen, but if you just watch somebody's hands while they're playing Cook Serve Delicious at like a kind of like high mid to high level, your hands do the same stuff that they do in a MOBA, which is very funny. Interesting. Cuz you hit cuz you're hitting like the number keys and like QWERTY keys to to trigger different actions mm-hmm. with like different steps of the food preparation process and you're hitting them in specific order um and and like sometimes omitting certain things and it's funny because it and then you're like clicking on a different part of the menu or whatever and it's just funny i noticed it when i was into when i was playing cooks or delicious one earlier this year that it's like wow my hands are doing the same stuff they do in mobas it's not like the game is like that at all uh this has nothing in common with that genre you don't know hot
3: dog alt
0: But but it does have like it does have that same kind of set of hand motions. um, Oh, that's so that's so interesting. Really funny.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's it gets to the point where you everything just becomes almost unconscious to a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, like I was, um, uh, I've actually been playing this on Switch, um, even though Mm.
3: uh,
2: which which is weird because I've played all the other games on PC. Uh, and I'm so used to it, but I was just like, oh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give the additional money and get it on my switch. Um, but it, it, there just gets to be the point where you're just like, you vaguely see an order and you just do a bunch of quick motions, and you're like, I didn't even think about that, and, and you start like, it all became coming really, really unconscious and kind of a fun way of, okay. Um, yeah and this one has some fun because of the uh food truck aspect and because of the um like making food in advance aspect of it uh one of the things that they've added in this game um is they've added some uh, additional characters who are uh robots one who drives the truck and one who mm-hmm. kind of helps you either by like defending you because sometimes these food trucks attack you uh <laughs> Which is like a very very minor thing, um, and then also in serving food, which you can automatically serve anything that is uh, ready and doesn't need your input by just um, moving the right stick on on the switch. So it's just very satisfying to be able to like click that, and then suddenly like eight serve eight uh, things are served at once, like. There's yeah. there's a real satisfaction. Like I feel like, like I was trying to think of how to describe how why I, I like it so much, and I feel like it's uh, like kind of making a false sense of competency. If that makes sense, huh. well,
0: you're good I'm, at it, right? Like it's a game that you your skill level improves as you yeah. play it, and it's yeah. palpable.
2: Right, and and like there's uh, the thing that's kind of interesting about this one too is that. Um, all of the foods have different uh, difficulty levels um, going from zero to four based off of how much um, variation there is, how much input you have to put into it. Uh, And and all of them are related to the foods in in an interesting way too. Because I I think um, the thing that was tricky for me with uh, two is a lot of the foods felt really kind of samey to make. And this... Is pretty much the same in that you're basically doing the same button presses for every single food thing you're making, but um, they all kind of react in different ways. So, for example, like if you're making a souffle in this game, like you have very simple button presses, but the thing that ramps up its difficulty is that uh, your timing has to be a lot
1: Mm -hmm. better
2: in terms of getting it cooked. Like it. and there are certain items that you can make in bulk but they degrade a lot faster like um like salads often kind of degrade faster because they they get gross real quicker right. so you know it's they're, like there a lot of the, the things are pretty samey to make in terms of like what you're actually doing but the the strategy is really based around the food itself which i think is is pretty fun too
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and and then also the strategy. There's strategy in what kinds of foods you're going to put on there on your menu. And there are times where you put a food on your item and you're on your menu, and you go, "Oh God, that was a mistake to put that on my menu." Like, uh, uh, for some reason, burgers keep throwing me off in this particular version, <laughs> uh, even though in previous ones it it hadn't. Um, so so there's just like all these like little layers of of strategy. That you have to kind of keep in mind which i think is really appealing um
1: yeah. so,
2: and what makes oops, me at the end of the series.
3: So was there any major differences between the early access version and 1.0? Like did they add something significant at 1.0? Not
2: that i've noticed. I kind i played a decent amount of the early access of of, of it, but i kind of stopped because i was like okay, i just want i i'm mm. going to play more of it when it hits 1.0. Um but I think it was more of that they ad- they added additional um, content because basically since it's a, a a food truck you're moving from place to place and there's different areas you can do and um, there's a bit more I, I think it's kind of like the culmination of one and two in a lot of ways because while there's a lot of freedom there's also you go to a different place and it says hey uh, here are the foods that you that we think that this group of people are gonna like you need to have uh, a menu that has at least uh, eight points of difficulty to, uh, on it, uh, and, and you add it up. So I think they've added a lot more kind of those kinds of challenges and areas. Um, and also, one of the things that uh, you can do, and I don't even remember if it was there in the early access when I played it, um, is, is there's a lot of uh, like stuff where you can upgrade your truck and you can do cosmetic stuff with your truck as well. So that's
3: been uh, that's I, been fun as well. I saw some
0: people like demanding refunds because there's like, I want to say Black Lives Matter yeah. stuff you can yeah. put on your food truck, which is awesome. And there was a like, this game is forcing a social justice angle I, down yeah. my throat. It's and like, the dev was
2: just, and the dev who's great and, yeah. I, and I follow on Twitter, he, he's just like, bye. Yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Those the cooks are delicious. Games have always been super diverse and had like interesting stuff like that in them. I don't know why people are surprised. And
2: that's and that's, well, and that's one of the things that's I think makes the the game really fun is that there's a lot of um, really diverse food in there. Yeah. Uh, from like a wide variety of different cultures and different um, food traditions. But then also like that was so stupid because like let's be honest. Um, well, A, that's a good thing to have uh in your game. But B, it is so like it is such like a minor thing. Yeah. Like you can you can oh, you can buy a cosmetic that you can put like in your little window on the like while you're playing the game so that you see that. You really it's it's so such like a minor yeah, addition. Yeah. Like like yeah, I've I've done like a little bit of the customizing and I have like like, uh, I have a pride flag in there, and I have, like, mm-hmm. like, the, like the two robots have, like, little dolls that I bought. And it's, like, there happens to be a Black Lives Matter banner, which is great. And it's, like, people are being, like, this is too political for me. I'm, like, the, God. What, what's but,
0: funny is that even in the first game in, like, emails you get and, like, some of the jokes and the little, like, tiny bits of narrative and lore stuff in the first game, there's all kinds of, like, weird little political jokes and stuff. Yeah. So it's very clear what the developers' politics have been since the first since game. the
2: beginning. So yeah, I don't
0: know why now people are surprised <laughs> and upset about it. I guess maybe I it was more uh, cheeky early on, so it was a little less direct. But I don't know. It's I thought that was funny.
2: It was very very weird to see that, but yeah. And and that's that kind of um uh yeah, that was very very weird. But I I, I do think that that's one of the things that's really Good about the game is that it's it's as the um, games have grown, they've gotten a lot more foods and mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to uh, like there's a lot of food in there that I've um, straight up never heard of, and now I'm like, "dang, I really want to go eat that food yeah and I'm like, how do I go do that because I don't know any place that serves it, but it's like it, like it, it really kind of introduces you to a lot of different like ideas and yeah. foods, and, and they it make just the food happens. look
0: really good too.
2: Oh my god, that <laughs> is the issue with this game. It's not like, quite
0: to the level of Yakuza or Final Fantasy 15 to me, it, not quite, it, but it's close.
2: Well, but that's the, the thing with that though is that like Yakuza food looks really, really good, but that's not like the entire thing you're doing in the game, right? Like you're, you're going totally. off and like fighting stuff, you're doing karaoke, you're Doing whatever other bullshit you're doing yeah. in that yak in your yakuza okay. game. But uh, with this, you're literally cooking all the time. And uh, the other day, I made myself dinner and I was like, okay, I'm gonna play. So I, I've eaten dinner. I'm not hungry. So this is the perfect time to play Cook Serve Delicious 3. And then I'm still like, God damn, I wanna eat all this food, <laughs> <laughs> which is not what I wanted. But, you know, that is my my criticism is that. That game makes me want to go out and uh, get a bunch of different foods
1: so mm-hmm.
2: yeah so uh, i I yeah. totally recommend it though um, like I said, I think i'd recommend one first um, if as, as because this game like goes off uh roaring in terms of difficulty but um, but also uh, it, you can also do chill mode for a while until you get kind of used to it, and also you can uh practice with every single food. So whenever I get a new food, I I just kind of do a bunch of different practice runs of it so that I kind of have it in my hands before I I actually put it into a menu. So, All right. Um, The other game that I'm bringing, and I don't know how much I want to talk about it because I want to give it another go, is uh, Eichenfell or Eichenfell... I don't mm-hmm. know how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I can like
0: tell- the 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 pixel art kind of top down wizard RPG which yeah. Is RPG.
2: Yeah. So it's basically um it just came out um I think like a day before last week's podcast so it came out like about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's a game where it's basically a um a, an RPG uh, where your character going to a wizard school, or you're not like a student at the wizard school, but you're you've gone to the school because you have you stopped hearing back from your sister who's a, a student there, mm-hmm. and you're like, what's going on? So I need to go investigate. Um, so there's like a whole story about what's going on with there. Um, this uh, isn't really spoilers uh, because you get it like literally like five minutes into the game. Y- you have like a different type of magic than people kind of know about. Um, and so the game is uh is is that, but then also um the battles are really kind of a um, tactics RPG with um kind of like button presses like in uh either like a paper Mario or um Mario and Luigi where where you have the action buttons and that helps depend how much damage you do or um possibly limit how much damage you take. Um, and then also with with the strategy, tactics element, you're kind of constantly moving around and dealing with uh, the uh, positioning of where your characters are versus where the enemies are and and, and dealing with that. Um, so the thing, the, the reason that I don't know how much I want to talk about it right now is I really thought I would like this game a lot more than I am, which... Yeah. I, I, I like i feel like on paper this is basically exactly my shit in terms of uh it's it's a it's a like the story sounds great like there's uh a lot of diverse characters like one of the first characters you meet is non binary and uses they them pronouns, which is great um i the tactics gameplay i i like the idea of it, but it's just like I don't know if the gameplay is quite there. Um and I don't know if the story is really gripping me as of yet. So it's it's a game that I I kind of put down for a little bit and I'm going to hopefully get go back to and give it an, another go. Um because it ha- it just has a lot of good elements to it and it's it's a game that I think that you know you should give give a shot because there's so many different think reasons why I think it's it's good, but at the same time like I just don't know why I'm not
0: yeah, working with it. That makes sense. And it
2: it was it was like weirdly frustrating, like making me kind of like upset earlier this week. Of like, why is this game not clicking with me? And I don't know why. I, it was just like there's just so many elements to it. Why it feels like it should be something I love, and it hasn't clicked yet. But um, I think it's it's interesting at the very least, and it's uh, it's something that I'm. Glad exists for sure, and hopefully, we can get more games that are, um, like this so that there's l- less reason for people to care about any sort of Harry Potter game.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> totally bet-
2: between this and that, uh, Witchbrook, which is the Chucklefish, uh, magic game. Like, also let's like, just
3: rest in get- peace, Broomstick League. Yeah. seriously
2: seriously um but like hopefully uh get more get more like magic school games so that people are just like why would i care about a harry potter game so yeah so uh, i i i think it's i think it's neat it's just it's just not really clicking with me and hopefully um maybe some time away and jumping back in would be uh, so does anybody have anything else they want to bring right away? Or
0: I have an important update that um, it turns out that on mobile, the blood web is called the blood market, which is that's pretty
3: sick in more huh. ways than one. <laughs> that's all, though. That's all.
2: Thank you. Yeah.
3: Um, pepper Jack cheese. That's pretty good. What a... It is good. Yeah. It's very good. I'm
0: my favorite cheese is a sharp white cheddar. I think.
2: Um, yeah, there. Yeah, I I have some cheese in my in my fridge that I I just got. Um, it, it looks like a sharp cheddar is really I I feel like underrated because a lot of people talk about cheddar being kind of like basic. Yeah, but the, the, this cheese is like super good, and um, if you could find cheese that has like those like calcium crystals in it. Oh yeah. That's like, that's good stuff.
0: The, the, the blue like thick sliced aged white cheddar is good to me because it's like super adaptable. You can put that on, you put that on an omelet. You can put it on like a sandwich. You can put it on a burger. Um, you can put it plain. Yeah, or you can just eat it. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. so many, there's so many uses for age. I mean, because like I love a feta and I love like ricotta and mozzarella, but they're more specific. And the, the yeah. fact that that cheddar can just kind of go anywhere is, uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, cheese
1: uh, <laughs>
2: I I am also a fan of a brie, uh, but
0: you know, it's funny. I don't like brie because I was in France and i was getting um the like you can just get like really delicious cheese sandwiches at like every street vendor yep. like every food cart you can just get a a three or four cheese sandwich and brie is always one of them and i ate so many of those cuz <laughs> they were so they were so good it's like a toasted baguette with yeah. with cheeses on it mm-hmm. um and Brie was kind of the flavor that, that the cheese that I most associated with them. That was kind of the one that the flavor came through the most on. And because I ate them so much for the month that I was in France, I like can't. Now I just like Brie like kind of makes me a little bit nauseated. Because you <laughs> just ate so weird.
2: much of it. No, I I, I, I get that. that. Happened,
0: but <laughs> now I don't like Brie. <laughs> so
3: sad.
2: Um,
0: yeah. I think I think I w- I think I could recover my, my taste for brie if I put my mind to it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I sometimes you do get to that point where you've uh, you've overdone it, but yeah. but I, I brie and crackers is like still one of my favorite
3: God, foods can, or snacks. Imagine if we had named this podcast Game Dump, and then we could have had a cheese dump. Ugh, could have yeah. Oh, a-
2: gross. <laughs> No, thank you. Like, you say this, and then now I'm like, oh, I'm so gl- glad that we didn't name our podcast Game Dump.
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a skin called um, Mr. Bing Bong. Oh, oh, no. Dead by Daylight.
3: Is it from uh, Inside Out?
0: No, no. It's not. I wouldn't put this in a children's movie.
3: Okay. <laughs> Allison... Hey. Yeah. Have you seen this giant news section we have?
2: I have. I've been trying to figure out how we get to this uh, news section. So,
3: speaking of dumps.
2: So, uh, another inside baseball about our gaming fix notes. We have a we have a section where you, we have news where you can kind of add your own news. Uh, right now, there's only one piece of news.
0: Alex's news this week.
2: Alex's news, which. He he, he said earlier this week this is the only news we're bringing and the joke has gone on for several days at this point which is that uh, Keita Takahashi has learned the English word crotch. So,
3: Hell yeah, he has. (laughs) I love that that was his whole tweet. It was basically, I have learned the English word for crotch and that was all he said.
2: It was and he's like, all right, and and for people who don't know, like Kento Takahashi, uh, God, fuck, I saw a reply. He said to himself, um, "He he's done stuff like um, like Katamari Damacy, yeah." Um, and he replied to that original tweet, which said, "I said crotch in the meeting today, and it worked perfectly." <laughs> <laughs> which,
0: <laughs> I gotta try that. I gotta that's try perfect. that on Monday. Oh, it's like, Monday meeting. I gotta try saying crotch and see what crotch.
2: happens. Crotch. You just say the word crotch. Hello, everyone.
0: Like- crotch. What have you been working on this week? Crotch.
3: Crotch dumps. Yeah, I'm taking a oh, crotch dump. No. Oh, that's the word for peeing. <laughs> yes, I know. It's terrible. Taking, no. a cr- taking a crotch dump.
2: No, I hate this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I have updated our news section with the actual news this week, but uh, I did like that Kata Takahashi made a whole thing about um, crotch. Yeah. crotches. The, the exact
2: the exact tweet is a new English word that I learned today is crotch, and it's like that's it.
3: <laughs> that's all. Good word. Good word. Kata Takahashi. It is, it's a good word, he's, and he's, you know, he's a gem. Mm-hmm. He is a
2: gem, he's made some good games and hope he keeps making good games.
0: People he's are asking if, uh, if crotches are going to be in uh, what Tom now
3: <laughs> It wouldn't surprise oh. me.
2: It, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, anywho. rest of the news um, let's see. Uh, so the first one we have is that the uh, modern warfare to, is to going to receive the ability to uninstall parts of the game so can somebody explain what that means
3: Yeah
0: so this has actually been a feature on console for a little bit but they finally added it to the PC version so Modern Warfare fully installed is like 250 gigabytes
3: Yep of it it space. It, could, it could be bigger than a 250 gigabyte yes.
0: SSD it does not currently <laughs> fit on on the the sort of one of the smaller SSD sizes so yeah it's it's ridiculous so they finally added the ability to just take chunks of the game out that you don't Use so like I played the campaign months ago. I'm never going to play it again. So or at least I'm not going to play it anytime soon. So I you can uninstall that now. You can uninstall the co-op if you don't want it. You can uninstall Warzone or the multiplayer if you only play Warzone. Um, so that's mm-hmm. it's it's good. It saves some space. It's still like it's 250 gigabytes, and removing the campaign clears out like 25 gigabytes or something. So it's like still like oh my god, it's still it's enormous. Huge. Yeah, um, the beta for Cold War is like 40-something gigs, so Ooh, fingers crossed.
3: Hopefully it doesn't get much bigger than that.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
3: Depends on Me maps true. and stuff, right?
0: The joke is uh, the that the physical version of Cold War is a SSD that it comes on.
3: <laughs> God.
2: God. Anywho... Uh the one of the other things that uh, happened this week is that the uh PS5 or uh, PlayStation has released the uh UX or the user experience for uh the PS5 and uh that is sure PlayStation UX I guess.
0: It has some interesting features like I'm yeah. interested to see if they use that like hint feature that's kind of a cool. Yeah. And then also I really like the activities feature and the way that that's like tied to how long they estimate it will take you to complete something. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's really, I like to kind of segment my game time and go like, all right, I'm going to play this game until eight and then I'm going to play this game for 45 minutes or whatever. So it's nice to, to see like, okay, well I I have a half hour left to play. Is this gonna is this quest gonna be something I can complete in that time?
2: Yeah, and that that is nice because I've definitely I've I've definitely done that too, where you're like, all right, I'm just gonna play this little bit before bed and you're like two hours later going like why the fuck can't I go to
1: sleep?
0: So, I highly highly recommend the waypoint discussion of this feature. You have to know a little bit about those people, but the way that they uh ribbed each other for the use of this feature was very funny.
2: I I think it was Sam in our chat who said something like he wants people to see like he he's waiting to see what Dev starts using that for like story reasons or for kind of to mess with you in a um in, a, in an interesting way. I don't know if that's possible, but
3: looking forward to uh to uh, uh Yokotaro's first implementation yeah. of that. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's what I think that's what he was saying was like He's, he's interested in seeing somebody like Yoko Taro, like kind of try to mess with it. or
0: It's tough because if you make it an integral part of storytelling, then it's something that can only be done on PlayStation, which doesn't seem like something that right, a lot that's of true. third part That's the problem with a lot of these features is my understanding and assumption about the Xbox. They've shown very little of that UI, but they did show a tiny bit of it earlier this year, um, is that it's the I mean, it's the same. It's just faster. It's, they're not doing any like weird stuff with hint guides or activity-based stuff. That's not the impression that I get at all. So, I mean, this stuff, to me, all looks like things that first-party studios will do. And then it's not going to see much support outside of that. Um, The activity thing, I think, is mostly just like it's looking at your playtime for things and it's trying to like algorithmically build an estimated play time for something. So I could see that being pretty prolific. Um, but, yeah. uh, but because it's just looking at the number of, at the time, the average, the average player takes to do a thing and stuff. Um, and then comparing that to the way that you've played the rest of the games, a uh, game or whatever. So Which that is, I think will be around, but
3: yeah, cause I mean, it's cool. I, I don't know about y'all, but I do check out like, if I'm going to play a game, I will check out like howlongtobeat.com. Oh, I uh, use yeah,
2: howlongtobeat yeah. all the time.
3: Yep, yeah. Totally. So so like the idea that that's kind of built into the system and it's relatively dynamic to your own play style and like history. That's cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's really cool because I do I do check that out for like almost every game I play honestly because it's just less oh, I'm going to stop playing a game because of it and more of like i'm just I, th- I just think it's interesting, and it kind of sets yeah. your uh,
3: expectations. It lets you know like how much time you have to set aside in order to get through it. right. Like, you can partition your time in a way, so it's yep. good.
0: yeah, I think that stuff is neat. I do worry a little bit about like I don't think that a developer should feel like they need to have quests that fit into a twenty five minute time chunk, so right. I would hate to see that like i would I would hate to see this end up being used as a tool to like optimize or maximize like development in weird ways or min max game development in weird ways. Um, but, but I mean, that already occurs to an extent with, with other metric tracking. So it's not like this is just surfacing things that a lot of games already are tracking and feeding back to developers. Um, but at least like service games and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it'll be cool. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that it, the thing I hate about this UI that is true of like every UI for every device ever, I don't fucking care. I don't want it to show a uh, like explore the PlayStation news. I just want that to yeah. go away. I already look at that stuff and I don't want that news from PlayStation directly. <laughs> so um, I, I think it's, I hope you can turn that off because I don't, it's just ads and I don't really want to see it. I just want my console to be mine, not necessarily showing me like new games that I think that they think I would like. Cause I can already figure that out myself.
1: As you can. Uh, no, I totally
2: agree. Cause I've, uh, I, I, I can, I, I understand why they do that, but at the same time, like every time I open up my switch and they have a little news thing uh, especially since I have both an English account and a Japanese account on there, it's always just in Japanese, and like that—that that doesn't apply to me. Yeah. So, um, anywho, next news is uh, Rockstar has bought Ruffian Games, who are the Crackdown two devs, um, and now they're uh, Rockstar Dundee.
3: God. I want to make so many crocodile Dundee jokes, but I,
2: I <laughs> knew that was what's going it, to happen. It's, like it's, when you when I saw that in the news, I was like, "Oh, okay, we're going to make some crocodile Dundee jokes."
3: It's funny to me
0: because I um like there's a town near where I lived in Michigan called Dundee, so I have never. I mean, obviously, I'm aware of Crocodile Dundee, but when I hear Dundee, that my first association is that town, <laughs> and that is not a town you that I I wouldn't want to put a game development. I mean, the rent would be cheap as fuck if you put a game <laughs> development studio there, but. I don't think anybody would want to live there. It's where the world's largest Cabela's is. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Any Hunters wow. in the chat.
3: No, no hunting
0: and fishing. It's basically no. like a hunting and fishing theme it, park.
3: It, I'm I'm familiar uh, with that, but that's. that's I bought dumb. a bow
0: from there once.
3: Okay. All right. Anywho, <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if they're going to hire like hire like Paul Hogan or anything. Is he still around? Is, is Paul Hogan alive? I don't know. I have no idea.
2: I'm googling Paul Hogan. Uh, <laughs>
3: yes, I need is. to know.
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's 81.
3: Oh my God, he's 81. Wow.
2: Yeah.
3: I would not have guessed that.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know. Rockstar buying studios is like.
2: It happened.
0: It happens. Yeah. The last time that they, I guess they didn't own the LA Noir studio, but.
3: No, that was so. so Team Bondi?
0: Yeah, Team Second. Bondi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Crackdown 2 is good.
3: It's okay. <laughs> it's
0: not as good as the first one. No. And the first one hasn't aged particularly well. No.
3: So. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I do To me, it just feels like more resources they can throw at whatever. I whatever imagine that this
0: studio will work very much on Grand Theft Auto Five. I suspect. Five? Put, oh, yes.
3: Not six? Oh, yes.
0: Oh, yes, 5. They put right. new stuff in GTA 5, like, every month.
3: That's so, true, because they're uh, damn online. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they put a new thing in Red Dead online every, like, two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
3: yeah, seemed like maybe they'll like work they re- on Red seemed, Dead. Seemed like they really wanted that to, to take off, like, GTA Online, but, like, how could it? GTA Online is so, it's not couched in any kind of reality. It's like almost Trackmania to an extent.
0: It's, there is, it is in fact Trackmania. There is literally a Trackmania mode in GTA Online where you is drive there? cars around in the sky. On oh, huge, yeah, 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 Crazy tracks. Sure.
3: Yeah, I've seen that.
0: Um, uh, but you can't have that in
3: Red Dead. <laughs>
0: no. I mean, they could have had much more cool stuff in Red Dead. <laughs> in my opinion, because I think that that setting is fantastic and the world they built amazing. But, um, red dead online is, it's weird. It it's weird. It's like at least GTA online, you can jump in and do ridiculous stuff right away. So even mm-hmm. if you don't understand it, cause it's super arcane, you can at least have some fun. Red dead online is like really confusing to do anything everything costs so much money like getting mm-hmm. weapons and and new horses and cosmetics and stuff and um it just feels like a huge grind uh all along so i don't know uh, i had fun playing at one time with a friend but it was like i was like i don't know what i'm doing and he was like come help me with my um like smuggling quest and then we had to do this huge gunfight with a bunch of people and I didn't understand what was going on and I had a shitty gun because the guns are really expensive and we died like four times I don't know it's it's a weird beast
3: hmm. anyways Anywho. So, now that's a knife <laughs>
2: I'm surprised um, it took that long
3: <laughs> I thought maybe we were going to be able
0: to if I just kept talking we would be able to escape. <laughs> past <it. laughs>
2: Anyways, uh, next piece of news is that uh, Facebook activation uh, is leaving some uh, Oculus Quest two owners with basically bricked uh, or unusable uh, Quest twos. So, from what I understand, um, this is the it since this uh, headset requires a Facebook login uh, rather than kind of like a separate login. That's been causing people issues if they don't want a Facebook login or they if something happens to their Facebook account stuff like well, that
0: and what so, can happen the, yeah. the big error that keeps happening is you have to merge a Facebook account with your existing oculus account to use mm-hmm. it and it's people are doing that and then their Facebook account is immediately getting banned yep through some yeah bad verification process
3: yeah and, and in some cases it's people registering brand new Facebook accounts who have never had one. Right, mm-hmm.
0: which now in some cases you have to like send them a photo of your ID and shit to make a Facebook just account, f- which is just fucked uh, wild. And and they don't clarify any of that to you in any kind of readable text when you go to buy a quest 2. Like nowhere it says Facebook account required, but nowhere does it say oh and to make one you have to send us a photograph of your ID. Like <laughs> it's so stupid. And then. Yeah, when you do merging, sometimes through some some weird account verification bugs, it can say that your account's basically banned. And there's like the appeal process can take months for them to unban you because on their end it looks like you like broke a TOS somehow and got banned. So they don't sometimes they don't even allow you to appeal. Sometimes it takes months. And so then you just can't use or- your previous purchases.
3: The, one of the examples I saw is someone who did appeal and it went to an automated system who immediately rejected it and banned their account in a way that they could not appeal it ever again. Right. And, and it's um, like, what?
0: And all of your quests, your, your, your Oculus purchases that you've made in the past are tied to that at that point, that Facebook account. So there's no way to recover those. And you're just never going to be able to use the potentially hundreds, hundreds of dollars you spent on Oculus games again. It's just like further showing that like VR is basically dead right now. <laughs> it's effectively dead because Facebook have boned this up so bad.
3: Yeah. Like it's awful. Um, a friend of mine has uh, picked up a quest two, and she had an old, old Facebook account that she like either deactivated or deleted. I can't remember, probably deleted and signed up with a new Facebook account because she couldn't get into the old one. And they made a big deal about that. They were like, "Oh, you have two accounts. This is some fraud going on." Like, uh, she actually was able to talk to a uh, customer support agent, and like, apparently, they've been having back and forth emails and stuff for like the past week. Just, sure. just, so, just so she can get back into her purchases and play her video games. And it's like, it's ridiculous. It's, ridiculous. it's crazy. It is. It's totally so, ridiculous. Don't. Yeah, Facebook, man. Don't. Don't, don't, don't do stuff with them ever. They're terrible. I
0: wouldn't buy a Yeah, I would absolutely advise against buying a Quest 2 right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you can deal with the, the thing about the Facebook stuff that's so shitty is that chances are, even if you don't have an account with them, they have you in their system somehow. Um, like, there's all kinds of stuff that I don't know all the nitty gritty details on, so I don't mean to conspiracy theorize, but I
3: was no, it's, reading it's, some. It's been proven. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been reading some articles that like they'll. They know that everyone, like if you use the internet, basically they know you exist and they put you in as a like placeholder basically. And then as Mm -hmm. they learn more information about you, they continue to add information to you. And then if you ever make a Facebook account, they're like, oh, great. Now we have this thing to tie this person to tie to this thing. But it's basically impossible to avoid Facebook trying to find you and find out about you, which is fucked.
1: It sure is.
2: It sure is fucked, but you know what isn't fucked? <laughs> the last piece of...
0: <laughs> and on a high note.
2: <laughs> on a high note. Um, uh, the last piece of news, which is just listed in our Google Doc as Spider Cat, which is referring to uh, the r- new reveal for um, Spider-Man Miles Morales where you can get a cat. and
3: It's a bodega uh, cat.
1: Bodega
0: yeah. cat. I, I yeah. like everything about this, except that I still... <laughs> I still find it weird that it comes out of the backpack to fight for you.
3: <laughs> I think it that's sure oh, hilarious. It's
0: just, I guess, like, <laughs> there's this... One of the things about Marvel that is interesting is it it tries to stay, like, weird, like, grounded in the real world in some, some ways. To
2: some extent? And yes. then it has fighting Spider-Cat.
0: And then the cat comes out of the backpack and attacks bad guys, so yeah. it's kind of like, I mean, okay.
2: Yeah, but the... the I, the, the, the fact that you have a cat in your backpack like
0: oh, just 10 good. out of
2: 10 game of the year
0: it's a, yeah. I, the only thing about that is it seems irresponsible to me to go like swinging around the city at like hundreds of feet in the air with your cat <laughs>
2: There, You're giving there, the cat a little adventure. It there, sounds there,
3: there dangerous were some, for the There cat. were some moments where he was like flipping upside down with the backpack open, and I'm like, "There got to be a lot of centrifugal force there for that cat to stay in." But
0: yeah. um, how long do you think it's going to be before Peta takes a stand against?
3: Oh. Insomniac! Well, fuck oh. Peta! Who so cares? Absolutely. I mean, fuck Peta, but
2: also it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 coming. I'm I'm actually like. Let's see, PETA, spider, cat. Just seeing if this is a thing <laughs> already.
0: Possible.
3: No,
2: that's not it yet.
3: But, oh, they'll catch it at some point.
0: But, yeah. They will. They'll probably catch um, it in like five years. They'll and they'll probably this. make,
2: like, they'll catch it in five years and then they'll make some shitty online game that's like,
3: yeah.
2: Cats this,
0: don't What belong if the cat were the spider? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But,
3: um, the thing about him or her, I don't even know if, if they've identified the cat, but the cat attacking enemies. Is it's not like it comes out and just scratches them. It's like it punches them and then, like their next really break like, essentially. Like not not really to that extent, great. but like it's it's bizarre. I love it.
2: I I love it. I'm I'm excited. For, I was already excited for this game because I really really loved uh, Spider Man already, and then now I'm like, okay, we're getting Spider Man. Miles Morales is a cool character and Spider Cat like.
3: Yeah, and that's a it's game only getting nev- better. that's that's a game I'm never going to play because I don't care about Spider-Man, but like that that pretty is pretty fantastic.
2: It's, I I will as soon as I get it, I'll send you screenshots of Spider-Cat in action.
3: Thank you. I yeah. I, I look forward to all of the, the Spider-Cat <laughs> quest lines. I
0: hope that
1: there's like I'm a excited. photo
0: mode now, a better photo mode. There was a photo mode, but there's a improved photo mode in the remaster and uh, so ostensibly in Miles Morales as well. I wonder if um you'll be able to like manipulate the spider, ma- manipulate spider cat, like make, make uh, them like move around. Like, you know, oh, you can like pose like people. the model. Yeah. Right.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I like, uh, I don't want to manipulate a cat. That sounds so sad. <laughs> can cats manipulate there. you all
0: the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank, Frank does uh, that. <laughs> no, I, the, I, 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 I want to be able to like pose the cat with miles in shots and stuff. That would be, that'd be good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I already had a lot of fun with that, with the photo mode in the first one, so I'm excited to see what that is, and then also hang out with Spider Cat in photo mode. So
3: well, once once that is out, okay. uh, we can do a special podcast all about the cat. We can talk yeah. about cats in general. We can call it Cat Dump. Aww.
0: Cat dumps is exactly how they manipulate you because of the parasites.
2: <laughs> Anyways, um. it's true. I know, but I don't <laughs> want to think
3: about that. It's just biology.
2: Anyways, um unless anybody has anything else, uh I think uh, this will be hmm?
3: I'm just trying to think if there was anything else that was interesting this week. Uh, Not really. Like phasmophobia seems like it's going crazy. People are loving it. I want to it. play that game.
0: It's, I didn't even get to play Among Us and now that's already like Done and dusted. Uh, I haven't played it either. It seems
3: it seems like people have been really doing the flavor of the month thing with games recently. It started with Fall Guys, yeah. and then Fall yeah. Guys completely fell off. And honestly, then it went to Among Us, and then like it's not fallen off yet, but now Phasmophobia is here, and people are like, "Oh, let's all just shift over to that." Like it's kind of crazy.
0: It feels it like is. it kind of started in a way with Animal Crossing, in terms of like everyone huh. on social media ta- and streamers and stuff playing and talking yeah. about one game. That's true. Animal crossing didn't necessarily fall off like it kind of had a it's yeah and I, I, about it
2: I didn't really talk about it but I the, I picked it up for the first time in four months this week <laughs> uh, and yeah it's it, I, th- I think like there's still like a lot of discussion especially when they increase have new features like when you can go swimming there's new features now mm-hmm. there's a lot of Halloween con and fall content but like it's it's less the like game of of the month.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, and then I, I feel like people seemed like they fell off with um the egg thing, like that yeah, event. Like people were just so kind of put awesome. off by that and then they maybe I mean to be fair, that was back.
2: that was legit. Um I think they're doing I, I I haven't gotten too far into the event like stuff recently, but I think they've chilled out on that because that was that was yeah. a lot.
0: Um but uh but yeah then it was like then it was Fall Guys and there was Among Us and now we're into Phasmophobia and I'm it's interesting that this is happening. I don't know if it's cuz I'm I feel like it's not. I I don't feel like I'm paying any more attention to streamers than I have been for the last few years, so I don't think mm-hmm. it's just awareness. I think it's more like actual uh because of quarantine to a degree. Like there's a lot more like everyone's playing this now.
3: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that all three of those are v- small teams like they're indies Um uh, mm. yeah. Among Us is like was developed by like five people and then Phasmophobia is apparently one developer uh Fall Guys is small but it was Mediatronics like it's still an indie developer but there's some marketing um,
0: behind it for sure at yeah. least.
3: um but and and they're also all very like social in a way cuz like mm-hmm. like you are I think makes sense people, when so.
2: I think makes sense in the year of our lord 2020 uh
0: yeah,
3: totally
2: that just having a social game really really helps. I mean, like that—that's kind of why I wanted to play Animal Crossing again. Was because I was just like, I need something cozy and feel like I'm meeting my friends again. And they asked me like, "Whoa, where have you been?" And it's like very cozy. But but then also like Among Us, um, I, I think the, like a big part of why that's being so successful is that it's it has that social element. So
1: yeah,
0: the 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 thing too that's interesting about each of these games is i like obviously you know destiny has a social element um world of warcraft has a social element world of warcraft is a game my partner primarily uses to socialize i use modern warfare currently to socialize for the most part but it's boring to watch people play those games because sure like if you're into call of duty you might like watching someone play call of duty i love modern warfare i don't want to watch people play that game um it's boring so I think what's interesting is that if you look at animal crossing fall guys among us and phasmophobia, they're four extremely different games and each of them are very unique in the things that they're doing. Um, and like very visually distinct and um, mechanically very, very different from anything else. Really even phasmophobia is like kind of skirting that line. Cause it's, it's a co-op first person game, but it's still doing things that, are very different than what you see from like typical uh, like co-op shootery kind of things. So um, I think that's an interesting yeah. aspect to the whole thing. And I think mm-hmm. is why you're seeing it happen with indie games more because they're just significantly more interesting from a, like from a, from a innovation perspective and from a uh, like having more varied mechanics and and concepts.
1: I totally Anyways. agree. Uh,
2: anywho, the the only other thing that I thought of, uh, not really news per se, um, just that Annapurna Interactive is doing a is doing a big PS4 collection. Um, the it looks real neat. The deluxe limited edition on IM8Bit looks really real neat. Uh, it's just kind of expensive. So
0: it's also. Exp- I mean, I understand that it'll work on PS5, but it's kind of expensive to me for a PS4 yeah. collection end of, end of specifically, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a collector's item for sure um, yeah, yeah.
2: And, it, and it's something where I'm, I'm definitely like if I I had a lot of money I would be all up, sure. all, all up on this but
0: it's the most the Outer, Outer Wilds is the most important game to me in that collection and i managed to snag the, the limited run uh, physical special edition that they're doing so I think I'm a
2: yeah. okay. and I'm, uh, I'm at the point where there's a couple of games where I'm like Man, if they put out that physical edition, it's I'm I'm there like like with Hades, but um, yeah,
3: but it, I don't know if I necessarily is,
2: need that giant two hundred dollar
3: yeah, game it's collection one hundred ninety nine US dollars, and it contains yeah. what remains of Edith Finch, Telling Lies, Sinara, Wild Hearts, Fuatum, Outer Wilds, Kentucky Route Zero, Gorogoa, and Donut County, which like and and like was a good game a lot of
2: yeah a lot of good games, and I think it really shows. Um, why we've talked a lot about Annapurna in particular because, like, what that's such a ver- like a varied collection of games too, yeah. Um and all kind of neat and interesting in their own ways. So, uh, but like, it's just, it's a cool collection of games, but two hundred dollars
0: for that it, a yeah, that's, is a lot. Yeah, that's like that's even if you. I don't mean this. I don't mean to like assign value because all these games are phenomenal. I yeah. obviously think Outer Wilds is two worth two hundred dollars by itself, but <laughs> um, if most of these games came out for like twenty to thirty bucks,
1: yeah, and yeah.
0: if you look, if you if you average the amount of twenty dollars a piece here, that's like one hundred sixty dollars. It's like forty less than the MSRP, so it's kind of like
3: yeah,
0: it's tough. It's definitely a premium product for sure,
2: right? Uh, and 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 it's uh, like. First physical PS4 release of of Telling Lies in Gorogoa, and the 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 folio like the packaging looks interesting and cool. But it's like like
3: art books and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it It seems worth the the cost. The thing that I wonder about this stuff, we don't have to get deep into it, but this is true of like this, and then also I think a lot of the limited run stuff. I think that they're coming at it from a from a place of wanting to make a cool physical thing for fans, Mm -hmm. but There's so many cool physical things for fans to buy for so many different games now. I do start to wonder, like, at what point is it more responsible to say, "Okay, we're done now with this kind of stuff." I'm not saying that about this particular product because Annapurna hasn't done this before, so it's not a. It's I'm not trying to knock them, but considering the fact that a lot of these games are already have some kind of physical collector's edition that you can purchase from someplace like limited run or I am bit. It's like, at what point are you kind of, um, at what point are you looking at? And again, this isn't meant specifically for this collection, but at what point as a publisher, are you looking at merchandising opportunities for a product? That's kind of antithetical to that concept. Like, Mm. Is, is it really a good road? And I'm not saying that I know the answer. I'm not really passing judgment. But I think we should consider how far down the merchandising road we want to go with some of these indie product projects. Because it starts to feel a little bit like, I guess, like kind of milking a, a project to make more physical stuff. Because there are fans who will buy it, I guess. And I don't think that's at all the intent with really any of these releases. I I, I think the people making these releases are doing it for the right reasons. But I do think it can have that effect of like, do you need a shelf of, with four physical editions of What Remains of Edith Finch on it? Or not? Like, is that. Uh,
2: If any of us do, that's Sam, but. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um,
3: Like, I don't think it's actively exploitative. No. It it hasn't reached that point yet. No, it's more. Sorry go for it.
0: It's more like that is kind of the like end of that road, and I'm it, not saying it, that they're anywhere near it, but it's a
3: potential trajectory yes right exactly. and it's
2: something to be you know cognizant of, especially yes. uh, like if you're an indie company yes um, no, I totally get that I, I think that um, like for me, I'm kind of glad that some of these things aren't, even though I haven't really oh, bought any so. of the limited runs just because it's like I do think that there is something at least personally appealing to me to have uh sure. that kind of like physical thing on
1: yeah.
2: my on my uh you know thing and like I still have <laughs> I still have like physical CDs and albums displayed on my yeah in my in my bedroom because I'm like wow this is neat but at the same time like yeah you don't you don't want it to be like Here's the tw- like 20th limited edition of yes. of the same and, game so
1: yeah.
0: And there's a FOMO aspect to it that I find particularly concerning. I look at something yeah. like um something like the that um oh my gosh, why am I blanking? The the the, the console, the handheld that's coming out that plays the Game Boy games. Uh, uh
2: oh. Analog Pocket.
0: The Analog Pocket, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's something to me that's like they sold out really fast but they're like, "Hey, this is just going to be a product we have in production." So it's fine. Don't worry about it. You can get one. You might not get it the first year it's available, but they're going to be around. So I don't have that. But when you look at something like this limited edition Annapurna collection, it's like, if I don't spend $200 in the next month or so, I'm never going to be able to get
2: this. Yeah. And And, and it's like, to a certain certain extent, you understand, because they're like, hey, we're going to have a limited run. Like, I mean, literally, that's the name, limited run. Um, And we're going to...
3: that stuff is produce
2: cool. like you know so you so we can't produce this stuff on demand for the same totally. amount of price. Like you understand it in theory, but at the same time like there is an element of like like I just I, I just went to the limited run website and saw their um, limited edition of uh, Return of the Oberdin for Switch and it looks really cool and I'm like Dang, I didn't notice that was there and no I'll never have it, but and you know.
3: Like it's not just this is this can be a way bigger discussion, but it's not just limited to games. Uh No, oh, totally. not at all. Like, like at all. I I just sent a message in our chat to so you two have context, but I'll put it. I, yeah, I won't put it in our show links if you want to look it up. Look it up. But Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I was interested in totally. purchasing a, a Blu-ray set of that because I was like, oh yeah, I really liked it. I would like owning that because I'd like to support those those creators. Oh, gee. There's there's, there's there's only one of them that they've ever created, and it is eight hundred dollars. Totally. Shit. Like, yeah. I, like, I, like, I
2: looked like, that up, and it's like it looks like a beautiful set, but at the same time, like mm-hmm. eight hundred dollars is fucking. Absurd. It's, a lot of it's money. like
3: I would. I really like that show. I would like to support them. That's the only Blu-ray collection they've put out. I'm not going to pay eight hundred dollar, eight hundred US dollars for that. I mean, yeah. there's no
0: media like, collection that I would pay eight hundred dollars for. Like, like I like, guess maybe if there was yeah. some insane Coheed and Cambria collection, I maybe. could see it that involved <laughs> maybe. getting maybe. lunch with the band.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. and it's
0: like,
3: like, and yeah. we, we, we haven't reached that point with the game stuff yet. It's just that it could could go that direction.
2: This is, this is giving me vibes of like early to mid two thousands anime where you're like, yeah, sure. A season costs over a hundred dollars. That makes total sense.
0: Yeah. But the, <laughs> and, and I Christ. guess that's what I'm kind of getting at is like kind of going back to the specific, to this specific Annapurna collection. Mm. I don't think that it's wrong for them to put it out. I think they're putting it out for cool reasons. I think mm-hmm. they probably believe in it as a cool art piece and a really right. great way for fans to physically get access to it. But also, there are a lot of people who love these games, who would love to have this. It's in a time when the economy is in a very uncertain place. A lot of people right. have lost jobs. And it's a $200 thing that they're saying, give us this money now, or you may never get this thing again. And it's just, yeah. it's it's not that I want to condemn them for doing it, because I think that they're doing it for, for earnest reasons. Because they also need to make money while I'll, the pandemic is happening and the game developments have been delayed and stuff. But at the same time, there is no getting around the fact that this is a limited edition collection of games that people are very passionate about. That is only available for a short period of time in a global recession as we're approaching the holidays for $200. It's right. hard to like to, to ignore those kind of hard facts about the product. And um, what's going to end up happening is, and, and, and either there's two ways that it goes. There's one way where only people who have the means can get it. And the other direction, which, you know, that's just capitalism, baby. But the other <laughs> direction is someone saying, well, it's going to put me close to the wire, but I really want this thing. And that's like, I don't know how healthy that is for like the community as a whole. So it's just a tough,
3: it's a tough, it's equation, a tough thing. I think.
2: It's, 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 I think it's a tough thing to like you know, to balance because it's like you, you understand, you know, you, you understand the reasons why there's like limited, Editions totally. of it, but at the yeah. same time, you're like, yeah. you're like, uh, I don't it, know if it's great. Like, it's, it's there's, it's the, very, yeah.
3: The, the funny thing is, it's it feels like it's repeating history in a way. Like, remember when uh, what was it? Modern Warfare Two came out with that edition that came out with like the night vision goggles, or like one of them came with like an RC car and stuff. It's like that stuff. People started rejecting it, and they stopped mm-hmm. making them because. They were too expensive and the value proposition wasn't there. And then it seems like we're almost, we're not there yet, but we could hit that again.
0: (laughs) And I think the reason that I even think about it and bring it up. um, And the reason that it starts to rub me the wrong way a little bit, and this is a personal feeling. This is very subjective. I don't mean to condemn anybody in the, in the equation, but when it happened with huge games, like call of duty, it was very easy to look at it and go like, that's stupid. I don't need an RC car. Like I bought those collector's editions for a while, and then I had a bunch of hunks of plastic that I threw in a box when I moved because they were a bigger problem than they were worth. Um, like I had the Skyrim dragon, and it was very cool to sit on my nightstand for three years, but then it's like,
3: God, this hunk of plastic is worthless. Then you gotta yeah, move and it, you gotta bring it uh, with you, yeah, and it yeah. takes and then, up space. And,
2: this, <laughs> and one of the things that I'll say is like a lot of these indie collections seem to be a lot better thought out um, than some of those like, kind of cash for grab yeah. collector's editions for, like, AAA games. Like, like uh, looking at the IM8Bit site, the um, collector's edition for the uh, Ori games are, it looks beautiful. Like, it's mm. a beautiful collection. It, it, if you're a huge fan of the series, it, it, I think that, you know, there's an element of, you can, you can make an argument for, this is, like, a beautiful piece to have. Which, um But at the same time, like, yeah. To Um,
0: some extent, that's kind of my point, though, is that this is like this Ori collection is freaking gorgeous. It's beautiful, like you're saying. And it's it's very easy to say, I don't give a fuck about an RC car, but and it's good that they're doing the work to make them really nice collections. But like this is something that I could see somebody who's a huge fan of the series and maybe played the games on game pass and doesn't have a ton of money going like, well shit, I really want that. I love this series. And in a weird way, almost by offering such a gorgeous collection, it's, it makes me feel bad for people who maybe would really love it, but don't have the means to, to afford it right now. And like, it's not like they're going to make these forever because of reasonable production limitations. So Certainly not saying like no one should have it because everyone can't have it, but it does. It kind of makes me, I don't look at this stuff and go like, Oh my God, that's so great. I look at it and go like, that's another thing to spend a lot of money on. Um, that's beautiful, but it, it's just, it's, a, it's also kind of bittersweet, I guess.
3: Yeah. But then, capitalism sucks. Yeah. yeah. And it, <laughs> in the end, the end of it. in the end, it's their call if they want to totally. make them like, yeah, I don't know. We don't have to purchase them. No, 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 no.
0: I, yeah, why, of course. Um, but it's uh, it's a weird, it's just a weird thing. And I think part of why I say that it, I think it's, it almost rubs me the wrong way more now than then was it felt like big, dumb corporate cash grabs to do a $200 version of modern warfare that had an RC car. And it was like just stupid. And, but when I look at an Annapurna collection, that's $200. I'm like, man, I actually like you. And you make good stuff, and it's, it's, it's like it triggers different brain stuff, I guess. I don't know. Hard to articulate.
3: All right. Well, check out our next episode of Big Dumb Corporate Cash Grab Dump.
0: Oh, God. I could talk about that for days.
2: <laughs> Anyways, so unless anybody else has any other news to add, uh, in addition to that, um, I think that will do it for this week of Gaming Fix. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Fixed Podcasts. Uh, also on any kind of podcast platforms like iTunes. Um, uh, give us reviews on whatever platform you want, please. We would like that very much so.
3: Mm-hmm. I, it, um, it, it, they sustain us. We see them yeah. like, hell yeah. Uh,
2: honestly, occasionally if I'm having like a bad day, I'll look at the Podchaser review. <laughs>
1: And I'll just be like,
2: "Oh, thank you, people. I really like that. So, you know, just FYI." Um, Pat, where can people find you?
0: You can find me at PJC Plays. I do just want to know quickly that apparently you can still purchase the calling. on Oh God! Really? Oh Jesus Christ! They have not tweeted on the official Calling Origins account since July. Still, yeah. so I just maybe, I see that should, at the bottom of our dock and I always want to check in.
3: Maybe we should get a hold of their PR at some point.
0: I don't want to talk to them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh <my
3: God.
0: laughs> I have no interest in talking to them. True.
2: Alex, where can people find you?
3: I don't know. Playing Umineko, getting lost on an island. Not with Josh I mean, Hutchinson, but... <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, might as well be. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Um Also, uh, important note, if you're a U.S. citizen and you can, please vote. Yes, Yes. uh, please do. Please vote for Biden, please. (laughs) Please. Please.
3: Yes. That would be ideal. Yeah,
0: It's me, the person (laughs) who several months ago was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But things have gotten very bad here in the last several months. And there's not really an option of protest voting anymore. So you should just.
2: No, just do it.
0: Just and Just then do it. stare into the void of probably having to do it for the rest of your life and nothing ever getting better, but at least less people will die.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Less I mean, people
3: probably. will die of COVID. Probably. Let's probably let's
2: try to make it sure that less people die, please. Um yeah, so so vote vote early if you can, vote in person if you can. Hopefully the American system could get slightly better. Important, anyways, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, and uh, hope everybody has a good week.
3: Okay, bye. Bye. What, what, why? The, You've you been
0: mean? there's been a video looping on my window of a woman with a Samsung SSD in her back pocket while she's skateboarding for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just—I've let it loop because I'm baffled at the idea that one would put an SSD in their pocket. It's like a portable drive. And she like, like a Western kick digital. flips off a—kick she kick flips off a or ollies off a set of stairs and it falls out of her pocket. And they're like, "It's okay. It has drop resistance." But I don't understand. Wait, who, is this an ad? Yes, it's a Samsung oh, ad. Oh. Who skateboards? Who skateboards around with an SSD in their pocket? What? I mean. She has a backpack on. Don't you? You could put Who a, does you it, really? put your SSD in a backpack. It's. I, I can't. I had to say it out loud. I didn't want to have to try to explain it in a chat method. You don't have to put this in the podcast.
3: Too late. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>